Welcome to Safety Talk. Personal safety expert Pete Canavan shares his insights and interviews experts who provide simple and effective tips, techniques, and technologies to keep you safe and secure both online and off. Here's Pete. Hello, and welcome to Safety Talk. We've got another amazing technology to discuss today that revolves around a very important topic, transportation cybersecurity. Our guest on this episode is going to talk to us about his company's technology that was designed to improve the safety of the rail transportation industry. We've all witnessed recent tragedies related to railways from accidents to property damage to environmental disaster and even loss of life. Cyber attacks can wreak havoc anywhere that cyber criminals strike. And it's imperative that public and private entities do all that they can to keep the rail industry safe. And today you are going to learn about a company that has a technology that can help us do just that. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Safety Talk on your favorite podcast network or our YouTube channel at safetytalkvideos.com so you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host and safety sensei, Pete Canavan. And my guest on this episode of Safety Talk is Israel Barron, Chief Information Security Officer and Vice President of Customer Relations at Cervelo, a cybersecurity company located in Israel. Cervelo provides a purpose-built rail cybersecurity platform that provides rail operators with comprehensive cybersecurity protection for rail, and it enables infrastructure managers to manage cyber risk within the context of rail-specific operational and business requirements. He's also the former CISO of Israel Railways and served as the Senior Information Security and Technology Officer at the Israeli Ministry of Defense, where he was in charge of securing strategic national projects in the Israeli defense industries. Now he's using his extensive knowledge and experience at Cervelo. He joined them as their first employee. He brings over 20 years of combined expertise in the cybersecurity and rail spaces. He decided it was time for the rail industry to benefit from the significant advances in cybersecurity, especially due to its vast attack surface and the increasing attacks on critical infrastructure. We also have with us today, Susan Becker, who is the Vice President of Marketing for Cervelo, and she will be joining us on the program today as well. So Cervelo's platform automates the discovery of potentially affected assets and services throughout all critical rail networks, and we're gonna be learning all about that today. So how does Cervelo do this? We're about to find out. And so it's my pleasure to welcome Israel Barron and Susan Becker from Cervelo to Safety Talk. Welcome, guys. Thank you. It's our pleasure to be here with you. Yes, coming to us from Israel. We have Israel from Israel today. <laughs> Israel from Israel. <laughs> so, uh, thanks so much for joining us. You know, cyber attacks are in the news all the time and with increased frequency. And it's really scary because, you know, Keeping safe no matter where we find ourselves is priority one. And your technology does, you know, help do just that. So let's uh, start off by, you know, telling our audience a little bit about your background and how you got started in the, the cybersecurity field and, you know, kind of what led you to this point in your life. Yeah, so take a bit. So as you mentioned, uh, until about five years ago, um, I served as the first CISO of Israel Railways, our national railway. And the railway in Israel, being a critical infrastructure, it's regulated by a body called the INCD, which stands for the Israeli National Cyber Directorate. It's actually a department under the Prime Minister office. 
that regulates the entire critical infrastructure in Israel, being the gas, electricity, transportation, banks, everything which is critical to the continuity of the state of Israel. Okay, great. And about eight years ago, nine years ago, um, they decided that Israel Railways being such a critical infrastructure cannot continue to operate without a designated uh, chief information security officer. They must, they told the board of directors that they must nominate somebody to take this responsibility and establish a cyber department with all the uh, regulations, with all the necessary tools and technologies to mitigate those rising threats. And I was lucky enough to be nominated for this role. So for me, it was an amazing journey because I started with practically nothing. Nothing written, nothing working, no manpower, no technologies, nothing. You had to start but I understood the, yeah, 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 but, but, but I understood the importance of it. Be, coming from the Ministry of Defense, being involved in strategic projects, I knew that the threats were real. I knew that the adversaries, you know, they don't wait for any season. <laughs> they it's not like in the movies when the attacker just press a button and something happens and the trains are stopping. Those attack campaigns are something that can uh, take maybe one, two, three, ten years to happen, you know, very slowly in a stealth mode. So I knew that the threats were there and something had to be done. Okay, so yeah, so my, my expertise is uh, both in the railway, cybersecurity, and critical infrastructure as a whole, because in the Ministry of Defense, I used to do, you know, it's a very broad spectrum of technologies that we dealt with, okay, in, in strategic projects in the defense industries. Sure. And, you know, we need the infrastructure to remain intact and secure to, you know, carry about our, our daily lives and the things that we do every day. And, you know, transportation is a huge part of that. What got you interested in uh, in railway security? Because you did... Uh, you know, work at um, uh, Israel Railways uh, there. So what kind of got you into the, uh, into railway? Okay, so being the CISO, one day I had a call that three young men want uh, to see me and hear my thoughts about railway, railway cybersecurity. And so I accepted, of course, and students, why not? And then I met Roina Davenshaked, uh, that in the future will become the co-founders of Cervelo, our company. And they came to me and they told me that they are in a special program uh, called the ZEL uh, program in the Reichman University. And they are seeking advice for railway CISOs to understand the need for a specific tool, specific technology that will help to mitigate it first because back then, and we are speaking about, I think something around seven or eight years ago, there was no technology to be found, specific technology for railway. And when they sat down with me and they talked to me, I, I said, I said in my head and also to them that this is amazing, you know, because I, I had a big budget 
being the CISO is always. That's always. But I couldn't find any uh, proper technology that I could use. None, because all of them were like very specific to the OT industry or the IT industry. Monitoring, you know, regular uh, uh, devices and computers, but what can monitor a, a, an Excel counter of a, of a train? How can I monitor a rolling stock? Passenger or freight? Nothing. Nothing was there. So I told them, look, this is amazing, okay? This is amazing. You should do it. Because maybe it's a niche industry, but it's so deep. So, so deep with, I know, I mean, practically today, it's a mainframe on wheels. You know, it's not like in the old days when the computer was, you know, the railway was so old, no technologies, it was manpower. No, it's not like that anymore. These are high-speed trains moving at sometimes between 300 and 400 kilometers per hour. You have onboard entertainment systems. You have signaling systems that control this intense movement and the safety distance between trains and operates those lines in the middle that trains can just, you know, there are no more drivers in most of them. It's fully autonomous. Yeah, it's, it is a massive amount that technology, I mean, it's, it's really inserted itself into every industry and rail, you know, being no exception. And as you yeah. said, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff on the trains, you know, not, you got people, you got freight. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was reading on the, on the website, you know, rolling stock is the, is the term that's used yeah. for the stuff that's on the train, right? The assets that, that the train is moving. But of course, you have all the assets along the way. You have the signaling stations and the buildings and the electricity and, you know, everything that makes that happen, the communications. And so there's a lot of moving parts. And I was fascinated by reading about it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we have some links in the uh, in the recording, but we're going to also uh, show people that are watching it on the uh, on the YouTube channel, the, the website. But it's really, really interesting that what you've been able to do, because you've been able to take all these different pieces and bring and, and create a technology that allows you to monitor all of that. And so, I mean, that's incredible. So there are obviously a lot of, of challenges that come, you know, with that, you know, and uh, the bad guys, you know, the cyber criminals, they're always looking for ways to disrupt, you know, our life, you know, terrorists are always looking for ways to, you know, incite terror. They want us to be afraid. And, and so anything that we can do to thwart those attacks and to mitigate that before it occurs is a win-win for for all the all of us, right? So challenge, you know, there's a lot of safety challenges. So specifically, the technology you know that Cervelo has, what are some of those challenges that it solves for your customers? And we'll get into you know the, the clients and the customers that you're dealing with because obviously, I think every you know railway company in the world should be using this technology. If they're not, you know, hopefully they are in the very near future. Okay, so to be honest, there are a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges. But just to name a few, we can start with the fact that we are dealing with critical safety still for systems, meaning that you cannot change anything with them. You cannot, like drop a connection, you cannot change the stream of data. Those are real-time mission-critical systems that cannot be stopped, that cannot be altered, 
that cannot be um, manipulated in any way. In most regular networks, the solutions are installed within the network, the cybersecurity solutions, meaning that for a norm normal IDS, an intrusion detection system, when it's installed within the network, it can sniff the information, the data stream, detect anomalies, and in a case where there is a suspicion for a cyber attack or something which is abnormal, this IDS can just cut down the connection. This cannot be done in a railway infrastructure, okay? So the first, and this is a big challenge, the first challenge that we had to deal with is how can we provide a detection capabilities to this kind of a, an ecosystem that cannot connect from within, but needs to somehow do it from the outside and also to provide some kind of mitigation capabilities because in the end, a railway company is all about operation, whether it's freight, whether it's people, the train needs to move all the time, which means that if I have a cyber attack, and I only detect and tell you, look, there is something wrong. What is my value? How can you as the, as the rail operator take this information and do something with it? How can you mitigate the threat? So what we did, and this is all because we were purposely built for the railway ecosystem, okay? We were not some kind of a cybersecurity solution adapted to railway. Our system was built on the railway operational needs with cyber, cyber capabilities inside. We understand the, the railway language. We understand the railway protocols. Meaning that the instance we see those breadcrumbs of abnormal activities within the network, we understand for example, that this printer is now talking to a, an Excel counter. A normal IDS cannot understand this abnormal behavior. He sees two IP addresses connected with each other. We understand that this is a printer and this is an Excel counter. They should not talk. So we immediately raise the flag that something is wrong, but also we give, because we understand the operational environment, we also provide a step-by-step -step instruction what you as the operator need to do to close the gap, to mitigate the threat in real time. And this is something very powerful because that we are not- Yeah, absolutely, here. that's very powerful. So essentially one of the things that it does is it says it knows which devices can talk to other devices, they're allowed to and yes. which devices shouldn't be talking to other devices. And exactly. when it does see that and yeah. detect that, it says, hey, there's something not right. It alerts the operator. And then, like you said, it, it gives them a way to, to mitigate that in real time, which is, that's really interesting because that's, that's definitely a different approach. I can see where having to build that specific to how things operate within the rail industry, it, it would you know be so essential, especially things like uh, like signals, right? only certain devices should be talking to those signals, <laughs> you know, changing it from red to green, you know, whether something's good, you know, stop or go. And if something is trying to change that, 
uh, it needs to recognize that if it's not coming, I guess, from the from the right device. But what would happen, for example, if somebody were able to hack into the you know a device that has a recognized IP that is allowed to talk to say like to a signaling device? How would it know whether or not that is a proper command or a potentially hacked command? Is it verify it versus like a table of um, you know known communication where it says at this day and time on, on these days and these times these are the signals that should be coming through based on for example the schedule of the train okay so this is an amazing question <laughs> Pete a very good question and I think it touches the very essence of of our algorithm okay? Our algorithm, which is, by the way, we have two patents in the US for that algorithm, which is AI, okay, artificial intelligence. What it does is exactly what you just mentioned. We understand the context of the command. For example, let's take a railway switch, okay? It's very stupid and very simple device. It's either here or here, one or zero, okay? but. If it's here or here, there is a big difference in terms of operation because the train will drive to this way or to that way because that switch has moved. Now, we understand our algorithm, understand that according to the timetable, for example, one example, this switch should be here and not here. There is no other tool on the planet that can do cybersecurity in such a detailed design that can tell you the switch should be here and not here on this day, on this particular hour. No other tool. That's awesome. No other cybersecurity solution on the planet can do such a thing. Okay, this is, this is exactly why we need a purpose-built solution for the railway industry. Because for a normal IDS, the device is okay. Okay, like you said, somebody spoofed the credentials, took over this device, and now it sends a regular command to move the switch. But it can be result in in an accident. Because now I can take the train into an already occupied line and make two trains collide. Mm -hmm. So we need something that can understand this is not right. And this is a no- it's doing like a real time monitoring of the whole system yes. as well. So as yeah, to yeah, know yeah. if there is another train on the track, for example, and exactly. So I guess that also eliminates a lot of potential for operator error as well. If somebody accidentally, yes. right, the human factor, that's always a big problem. You know, people make mistakes. You know, we're human. We, you know, nobody's perfect. Yes. So it, I guess it also right. has a way that it detects that and says, hey, wait a minute, you shouldn't be issuing that command. That's, this is going to cause a problem. This is why it's operational tool. And the way we see it, it's up to the client to decide, yeah? But it's not like, in the end, railways, they don't sell cybersecurity, okay? We need to enable the operation in a safe way. Okay, so we are a byproduct of the railway industry. They don't sell us. They need to use something like us or us to enable the safe operation. But in the end, it's not like it can be disconnected from the ecosystem, from the environment. We, you cannot just put it 
in a side room with cyber analysts that do their thing. It's not working like that in such an environment. It needs to be connected to the operational room, for example. So maybe you will have the cyber sock, which will be nearby or connected in some way to the railway control center. And those people need to talk to one another. I, I can give you an example, Pete, that when I was the CISO in Israel Railways, what I did is I requested that the CISO, the CyberSoc, will be established on the same hall as the control center, meaning those people, my people, will sit down together, a room apart, from the from the regular control center. And not only that, I sent my people, the cyber guys, to a signaling course that they could understand the language that those people are speaking. And I I I, I made a course, a cyber course, one week, five days, to the signaling guys that they could understand the cyber language. In the end, they need to, to speak to one another. Very but, very smart because to be honest, we, not only for yeah. communication is key right and if you're not understanding yeah. what people are talking yeah. about like you mentioned the yeah. sock some of the people listening or watching may not know what that is that's a security yeah, what is a sock? center yeah what is a sock right so they don't know that so they well they start hearing that term they just you know your eyes glaze over it's like i, I yeah. don't know what they're talking about so that's phenomenal yeah. that you did that because it's imperative that the the technology people understand the transportation terminology and then you know vice versa so that's uh that's very very smart because it it enables them to communicate without making mistakes right exactly and that's exactly. that's that's very key that's awesome israel that's very interesting uh so you've answered actually a couple of my the questions i had <laughs> already with with the uh, with that explanation there because of you know like how the technology and stuff works uh when i was looking at the the website and and uh you know, sort of learning about it, uh, the um, there's a lot of, it was very interesting to see uh, what the technology can do based on the challenges that you identified when you were brought on board to do this. And the the website does a great job of explaining some of that, but maybe you could, you know, sort of explain it in your own terms some of the things like that, you know, we've got a problem that happens and some things may require some sort of manual intervention, right? So the technology from what I was reading, when you analyze a, a system, a railway system, it actually breaks that system into different zones. Maybe you could explain mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So the way it works, normally works, is that you have the control center, okay? The control center is like the headquarters of everything that operates in, in the railway. It sees everything and it controls everything. The way it does it is using the stations, for example. We have the stations, we have the docks, we have the signaling systems in the stations that controls wayside assets that control, that relates to this station. So for example, you have a big station, you can have uh, 1,000 wayside units being railway switches, railway lights, Excel counters, all those wayside units. 
and everything is speaking to one another in some kind of a hierarchy. Okay, so you will have on the top the control center. In the control center, you will have the IT infrastructure, you will have the OT infrastructure, and then you will have uh, the signaling layer, and then you will have the wayside units on the bottom. So it's like a, you know, a pyramid. Because we understand the relations between those uh, levels in this hierarchy, we know to dissect what needs to talk to one another, okay? So when an incident happens, we, just, we don't just tell you, okay, you need to drop the connection of the entire network. It's not working like that, okay? As I mentioned before, we need to provide cybersecurity in a way that will enable the operation. The most important thing is the operation. We need to enable it, okay? Let's not forget the, that a cybersecurity solution is not something that can stop the operation. And when you understand it, you develop the solution in this methodology that will enable it in real time. And what it means is that we might tell you that you have an incident, it affects this station, those assets, and that's it. Now you can decide as the operator that, okay, this is code red, for example. So it's not a warning, it's a real incident. I don't have to shut down my entire network, which is good. I have a station, I have substations, I have a few wayside units. I can decide I want to shut them down. Okay, so you as an operator will get the, I call it decision-making knowledge that will help you to get the right decision because in the end, you as the operator, you decide what you do. We are only another tool that tells you, we recommend to do this and this and that. But what it does, it will minimize the effect on the operation because it's not like, it's not the same to you to shut down one station with 100 wayside units, two lines, or to shut down the entire country. Okay, it's not the same. No, and, and, and obviously you want to try to, you know, isolate the problem so it has exactly. as, you know, as little impact as possible on the whole operation. And that's where, you know, this portion of the software where it does the, the asset discovery and segmentation of the assets is really neat, I thought, because there's an automatic process that runs that discovers and inventories and maps out all the connected assets on the network so that the railway operator knows, okay, here, you know, and, and it sets them into zones, right? Where, you know, here's this zone and these are the assets in that zone and here's another zone and here are the assets over here. So it it segments it and, uh, and allows the operator to have, you know, whatever level of uh, control that they need to. And then I'm sure there's probably like a, an AI driven checks and balances that says, you know, whether or not he can make that or she can make that decision based on the information that's coming in so that it, you know, they don't make a decision that they shouldn't, or that might affect something else, you know, uh, that, to, that, you know, sort of maybe, you know, starts like a domino effect, right? Where that problem creates another problem, creates another problem. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, a much bigger issue on your hands, right? I would think something like that probably also exists in yeah. the system. Yeah, Pete, but and I can tell you more than that. I can tell you, you mentioned the asset discovery and the zoning. 
I would bet you know, my salary even more that there are a few thistles, railway thistles in the world that can, with the press of a button, get the entire topology of their signaling network. That's okay? powerful. None, almost none of them. They, know, they don't know. They don't know. They know their IT network very well, I bet. They know their OT network very good. Maybe not as their IT, but they know it. They installed, you know, IDSs, firewalls, WAFs, whatever to, to protect it. Maybe they are very advanced CISOs and they have a, a subsecurity operation center, a SOC, the advanced one. But I can tell you 100% that most of them never, never in their entire railway CISO career saw a topology of their signaling network. They just don't have it. They don't have this kind of a capability because in most cases, and we are dealing with multi-billion dollars of projects, okay? In most cases, the OEM, bringing it Alstom, Bombardier, Siemens, Thales, you know, all those big players, they provide the clients the entire project, okay? It's a very complicated project. It's 20, 30 years project. So they install the infrastructure. They give you the rolling stock. They provide the network. They provide the hardware. They provide the, the software. They provide everything. And then they control it. They control it with warranty. And you, in most cases, the operators, they, they don't have any access to those kind of networks. No, none. They cannot, like I mentioned in the, in the beginning, they cannot just... Uh, install like a mapping system inside that, then, that will give them information. No, they cannot do it. So they never saw their topology. And being a CISO, if you don't know what is under your possession, you cannot safeguard it. You cannot protect it. Exactly. So the first thing, when they see that we just click a button and they get it, they, their entire topology, they stop right there. <laughs> They're amazed. They don't, they don't want to continue to, to cybersecurity. They want to, to, to mess around with this and uh, because it's, it's mind-blowing, you know? In, sure. in they see suddenly the, their entire network divided into zones. It's so powerful. Everything is very visual. You right. see well, I was just going to say the visualization, right? Because a picture is <laughs> worth a thousand words. They can look at <laughs> the assets, but they don't see how they interact. But if they have a way to <laughs> monitor it, and visualize it and see it, you know, like, you know, the topology in a map in front of them, that becomes so powerful. And that's, that's something where um, I can see where it would blow their minds because all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, now I can, I actually can see everything as you put it, you know, under my purview. What, what do I have control over? What, you know, and now they can see that. So where is Servillo being used now? And then, you know, in terms of what types of rail networks, I'm assuming probably most of them. And then, you know, who could benefit from that? I mean, so it sounds like every railway way operator in the world, but I'll let you answer that question. Okay, so first of all, uh, because we are dealing with critical infrastructure companies and most of them are government owned, we cannot disclose our clients in most cases. We can disclose because it was published. 
that SBB is one of our clients. SBB is the national uh, Swiss railway. Okay. Okay, we have other installations in the US, APAC. I can tell you that it's already working for a few years now in production environments, protecting, protecting national level of the infrastructure. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of assets already monitored by, by our solution. That's awesome. It's very I'm mature. To sleep a little bit better at night knowing that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not enough. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it needs to it, it needs to be installed more. Railway needs to to um to take some kind of action. Because it, it was until lately a very sleeping, I call it a sleeping industry. Hmm. People were sleeping. Because it's, you know, it's very old technology, because the they thought that you know we have isolated networks, so now nothing can be penetrating those kind of networks. Yeah, baloney. No, <laughs> baloney. Exactly, baloney. Yeah, where there's a will, there's a way. Better. When there's a, a criminal with intent and enough time and resources, they're going to exactly. be able to hack into everything. So, having ways that you can thwart that, knowing that it's going to happen, is powerful. I mean, I I have a program where I show businesses how to develop a plan for recovering from cyber mm. attacks, right? Everybody talks about prevention, but as we've seen, all the prevention technologies in, in the world and all the biggest budgets in the world, and, and no matter how much money you throw at the problem, there is always going to be a way that somebody figures out how to get in, whether it's tricking a person, right? Or using technology to, to penetrate a network, you know, whether it's a device or an account or whatever it is. So you better have a plan to recover from that as well, right? So uh, the so who's your target market now? Are you going after uh, governments and talking to them about the infrastructure and the, the critical nature of, of their railways? Are you going after private operators or both? We are going with everybody. So I figured we are dealing also with the end client, the operators. We are dealing with the infrastructure managers that controls the signaling infrastructure. And we are dealing also with the OEMs. Because for you know, we can divide the projects into brownfield, the all projects, which were already delivered and deployed. And within them, in most cases, it's more challenging to adopt now cybersecurity because it's already paid for, it's already deployed. Now to make something like that, you need a budget, you need, you know, a tender. So it's a little bit more of a long process, but it's happening. And we have the Greenfield projects, which means the future projects. And we can we can share that we have, for example, uh, one collaboration with Thales, Thales is a very big signaling manufacturer. Okay. And our system is already um, installed together with their signaling system, their the, the future signaling system, meaning it will be in the future delivered to the client, already secured by Cervelo. And this is very powerful. Yeah. Well, that was actually that's exactly what I was actually going to ask you is, were you going to see about how you can get it developed right at the end you know at the end uh at the end point right yeah. because we know how insecure all the iot devices are right there's only so much security you can put in them 
So mm -hmm. by building something indirectly, you know, from the ground up that is going to talk to your software and your technology becomes a much more secure, much more powerful solution. And it's going to cut the cost because it's already there. Now you just need to detect it, talk to it, and then build, you know, how do you want to be able to interact with it? And, you know, the parameters for how, uh, you know, valid commands are sent uh, versus being able to intercept the uh, the invalid data that's trying to be transmitted. So that's that's fascinating, and uh, that's great. That I mean, you guys are definitely on the forefront of this tech, this uh, this problem, and it's a big problem. It's not going to go away. No, um, but but you've got a great solution, and yeah, have, I mean, every single you know railway manufacturer and every single company that provides products for the industry needs to sit up and take notice and utilize this technology uh, in order to best secure what they're doing because time is money if, if things are stopping and you can't get your your rolling assets from point a to point b and do it in the time you're supposed to then you know stuff's not getting where it needs to go whether it's you know food or fuel or anything that that you know oh, we yes. all rely upon every day to live yeah look Look, Pete, first of all, you are right. I, I'm not a sales guy, okay? I, I look at myself as a cybersecurity professional. I can tell you for a fact that it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. And in most cases, because it's government-owned company, what you read in the news, it's only the tip of the ice because most of them, most of the incidents, they cannot be disclosed. So it's far, far, far more than you think. Mm -hmm. And the threats are real. I've been there. I witnessed them. The threats are real. So I'm not here, you know, to convince somebody, but I can I can tell you for a fact, being on the other side, being a CISO in a railway company owned by the government of Israel, the sooner, the better. You need to deploy specific solutions. The sooner, the better. It's only a matter of time. And in the end, being a CISO, it's your responsibility. It's no, 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 nobody else. This is the CISO responsibility to deliver those kind of mitigation capabilities. So is the technology right now being used on all types of rail networks, passenger as well as freight? Yes. Okay. Yes, and even subways. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got a tie-in. So, yeah. so if a customer, potential client comes to you and says, we're interested in the technology, let's say, I'll just throw an example out. You know, the, the New York City subway system says, hey, we want to uh, to utilize this technology. What do they have to do? There's obviously software that has to be installed but like, so without getting too, you know, too deep into the weeds here, um, what would that look like for a customer that comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to utilize this technology. What do we kind? Of, what do we need to do?" I guess. Okay, so first of all, it's very easy because of all the challenges that we start uh, when we started the, the talk. Because we cannot install anything inside, it's very easy to to deploy because we uh, came up with a solution that can be. Uh, installed on, on the perimeter, on the outside, in a unidirectional passive way. So you as the client, you don't have to change anything. What you need to provide us is only a port in the backbone switch 
using a port mirror or a tap technology, which almost all of them have. They just need to give us the feed of the network stream. We sniff it in real time, we process it, we analyze it, and we give you the, the alerts. In most cases, it's enough. If not, if we have like divided networks and segmentation, we installed what we call a POB, an XC POB, server POB, which is again, it's passive, fully passive, non-intrusive. You just give us for the POB another tap or report mirror, and we connect it to our brain, and that's it. That's what Mission I was going to say. Do you, so, you, you go in, you look at the one network, and you analyze it and its assets. Then you look at the other segmented yeah. network, and you look at that, and then put the two of them together using your technology to build the picture, the whole picture. Yeah. So in most cases, our proposition to the client is don't believe us. Take it and try it for one month. Try and, it. That, and that reminds me, they can get a demo. They can ask for a demo yeah. right on the website, yeah. which is yeah. phenomenal that you would, yeah. you know, be able to do that for people because obviously you're trying to keep people safe. That's yeah. what, you know, this is all about is how do we, you know, keep everything safe and secure. And so being able to offer that to potential customers to sort of, you know, get familiar with it, dip their toes in, see what it's all about. Um, that's phenomenal because I'm sure once they, they look at the demo, uh, they're probably going to say, wow, yeah, we need this. And uh, how do we get started? I have no doubt. <laughs> so one of the questions I had in, in you know, sort of digesting everything, both what you're saying and as well as what I was looking at the website over the last couple of days, uh, is this a technology that can be used or modified for other forms of infrastructure, say for shipping? Oh, this is a very interesting question, Pete, and we think about it a lot. And I can I can tell you that we have some plans. <laughs> this is all. I <laughs> nice, because obviously this was built from the from the rail up, <laughs> yes. right? For for this industry, so probably another solution would have to be built, like in the shipping industry, would have to be built. You know, forgive the pun, but from the water up, right? You'd have to say, hey, you know, how are things transported? Uh, in other ways, whether it's shipping, whether it's, uh, you know, vehicles and trucking. Uh, I mean, I could see where this technology could be modified or reconfigured to also work in other transportation and critical infrastructure industries. So um, even things like uh, the transportation of things like natural gas and oil, right? Because it's the same sort of thing. I mean, instead of using tracks, you're using pipes. Right. So you still have switching stations, you still have monitoring stations, you still have, you know, uh, ways that the product has to get from point A to point B. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're probably going, yep, uh, he's picking he's 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 reading my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are reading my mind, but unfortunately, all I can disclose is that I completely agree. I understood. Understood. That's uh, that's very interesting. Uh is there anything else that you can uh, can think of that you you may want to you know let people know here about you know that we haven't really talked about today? Um, I can tell them that, uh, and again, I, I allow myself to speak like that because I was in their position until five years ago. Hmm. Some of them, I think, are, are afraid. 
some some of them think it's too complicated and some some of them are just in in a place which I call the comfort zone the comfort zone is the place which is the most dangerous place because you feel that you have everything covered you already already know you know that you come to work in the morning you go to work in the evening you know what you do everything flows but it can end like that one day one minute and it ends and it will it will be mayhem oh yes it's and it's, it's funny that you mentioned comfort zones because I've written several books and one of the books I've written is a book on college safety called the ultimate guide to college safety and one of the things I talk about there is comfort zones and why they're so dangerous because when we're comfortable as you said what does comfort do it be, because we have routines right our routines lead, lead us to be comfortable and when we become comfortable we become complacent and we'll become exactly. complacent we don't pay attention and we don't pay attention as you put it that's when you can become blindsided because you stop paying exactly. attention and that's exactly what criminals whether they're you know somebody who's trying to physically assault you or a cyber criminal who's trying to digitally assault you is trying to do that they're trying to get you to drop your guard to not be you know watching out for a problem uh, and then that's the opportune time for them to strike. And so that's a, that's a very, very interesting that you you mentioned because I talk about it a lot. And that's how comfort zones are very, very dangerous in in any you know uh, profession that has to do with uh, security or safety. And um, so it's a, a very uh, very interesting that you, you that was your choice of words because I, I do talk about that a lot. Um, What's really neat is, uh, and we, we're, we're cranking right through here. What I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to share my screen so that anybody who might be uh, watching this, uh, you should see my screen now, right? There's your website. Yep. You see your website? So I encourage anybody, and again, if you're if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, go to Cervelo, C-E-R-V-E-L-L-O dot security is the website. And you can learn more about the technology. Uh, it talks, you can request a demo there. Uh, it talks about, you know, what the challenges to that industry, the railway industry are. And as you just heard, you know, this may be uh, some challenges that are in other industries as well that maybe Sorrell will be able to help out as well. Uh, but it's, I thought it was very nice how you have it laid out where you have the challenge and then what your solution is. For example, you know, the transmission of that critical operational data um, that if you you had to build it to be purpose-built for the for this specific industry and as you explained early in the the interview here you're able to differentiate and know what devices should be talking to other devices and that's a huge step towards securing the network uh, so it's very, very interesting. Um, has the core capabilities of the platform. You know what we were just talking about a little while ago about the asset discovery and uh, and segmentation there. Uh, how you know the the whole network can be monitored so that the operators can visualize what's going on there, and then you know being able to be told, hey, there's a threat. This is what you need to do to mitigate that threat, and uh, and it gives them the ability to to take care of that, uh, and then. For those of you watching, you see I have on the screen now. And if you haven't, go to the website and you can look at it under the platform link. But it, it, it shows how you take that raw data 
uh, as you're talking about, and then you're able to compartmentalize it and organize it in such a way that the system now is a, a much easier way for everybody to visualize exactly what's going on. And that is super, super powerful. Um, so, and then of course you got a nice little uh, graphic here showing, you know, the different systems, like we talked about the signaling systems and then the stuff that's on the train, whether it's people or freight. And then of course the telecom and then anything else that integrates into the system, because with the, you know, the IOT internet of things, there's so many devices that, that could be involved. I mean, there could be temperature monitoring, you know, equipment, there could be, you know, all, you know, speed uh, monitoring equipment. So there's a ton of different devices that all are uh, are part of this and uh, it can all be managed from your dashboard. And I just think that is just it's just brilliant. And I really applaud you guys because it's a it's a such a, a much needed, uh, uh, you know, solution. And uh, and you've you've gone about it in a way that uh, really is going to help increase the safety and security of everybody that uh uses rail to move products or services or uses rail to get somewhere. You know, you're, you're traveling. You want to make sure that the train you're on uh, is as secure as possible and uh, that there are no accidents. Right. And that's that's really interesting. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there because it's uh, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, that I learned about it and uh, really appreciate your time. Both of you coming on there. Um, Susan, you, you said so much to us today. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought uh, Israel had a more to offer than I do. But I do want to say there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, haha, which is the uh, TSA security directives. Uh, it's a, slow in uh, emerging, but they already are, you know, saying for most of the rails at this point, they do have to look at, have some, you know, basic security uh, tools in place. Um, and the railroads are, you know, moving in that direction with, uh, uh, risk assessments. And then they're going to have to do a lot of automation in terms of their monitoring and their, uh, risk management. So there is some movement, you know, from the regulatory perspective, which is, uh, you know, most welcome, uh, move. Sure. Cause that's what will drive it. Because if they start to regulate exactly. it, they're going to be forcing everybody to have to do it. And, you know, you need technology that allows you to make split second decisions and, and sort of, you know, you don't have the luxury of sitting back and call people. What should we do? What should we do? It could be too late. You know, something could could already be be happening. And, and as I said before, I mean, every single railway company in, in the world should be using this technology to secure their systems and their passengers and their cargo. Um, so, as I said, you know, we are coming to the end of the show. Um, it's been really, really uh, fascinating to learn about this. I uh, I applaud you. I mean, it must have been such a challenge for you, Israel, to to build this whole thing from the ground up because you had nothing. You know, when you when you started, you just knew that there was a need for it, and then have really taken it and just gone from nothing to to an amazing solution. So, I, I applaud you for that and your company. Uh, so th thank you for that, Pete. Uh, you know, we have a, an amazing team that, that build this. Uh, most of them, you know, are uh, from the Israeli Special Forces, intelligent units. Um, the co-founders, Roy Shaken and Nadav, are three brilliant young men, you know, with a lot of expertise. And lucky, I was lucky enough to join them, you know, to, 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 to go out for this amazing journey. And it's been quite a journey. It sure has. So, how long is the? I meant to ask you. So, how what uh, what year did the company start? You said about five years ago or a little more. January two thousand and nineteen. 
wow, you've done so much in such a short period of time. <laughs> we are good sprinters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sure run in a sprint and uh, it's turning into a marathon. Yep. Uh, because yes. it's not going anywhere. You know, no, no. no, most of the contracts are uh, for <laughs> many years. Sure, sure. I mean, the, you know, rail is not something that you up, you know, you put new tracks down every uh, every year. You know, they're there for a long, long time. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that has been, you know, out there is old. Stuff does have to be upgraded and, you know, maintained. And that's, uh, that's a challenge in and of itself because now you've got, you know, what happens when sections of track are being replaced. Now you've got to build that into the system so that it knows, okay, we can't use this section of track for the next year right now they have to you have to build some other you know way to make sure that the system knows that that's okay that you're not you know that that section of track is down or whatever so and i'm sure that's stuff that all is possible in the software so basically just kind of to sum it all up for for the audience what cervello allows railways to do is protect all their critical networks against cyber attacks and it does that without causing any service disruption. And it does it effectively, it does it easily, and it allows those cyber alerts to all be put in the context of railway operations. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, phenomenal. I'm so glad I learned about it and uh, we will uh, we'll make sure that we get this uh, information you know, uh, up on all the different platforms as soon as possible. Uh, as we wrap up, I'd ask you guys both to just stay on for a couple of minutes here when I'm done. And uh, so uh, again, awesome uh, technology. Thanks again. And uh, for anybody that's interested in learning more about it, whether you're a railway operator or a CISO or somebody involved in critical infrastructure uh, in any of the transportation fields, really, I mean, it, it definitely benefit you to learn more about the company and their technology. Um, again, the website is Cervelo, uh, C-E-R-V-E-L-L-O dot security. Uh, as I said, there's great information there. Uh, you can learn about it, explains the technology and how it works very clearly. Uh, and uh, you guys are also on social media, right? LinkedIn and Twitter, right? Yep. So, we, uh, so we'll get those links uh, up as well. And, um, you know, cybersecurity is huge. It's not going anywhere. Uh, anyone that's interested in learning, uh, you know, how your business can recover from a cyber attack, you can always visit uh, one of my websites, uh, cyberbizplan.com gives you seven steps for uh, securing your company, creating a, uh, a recovery plan. So thank you both for being here. Uh, thanks for our listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to like, uh, share, and subscribe to get the latest information and share it with your, uh, with your friends so that we can all make this world a safer place. So until next time, everybody, please stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for tuning in to Safety Talk. You can listen to past episodes and get the latest safety news at our website, safetytalkpodcast.com. Be sure to visit our other websites for free safety checklists and infographics. You can also sign up for free online self-defense training, learn about college campus safety, and find out more about Pete and how he can help educate your school or business through his speaking, workshops, seminars, and consulting. Subscribe to the Safety Talk podcast and never miss out on any new safety information. Until next time, stay safe.